Well, we're not going to get into a new series tonight. If you looked up on Facebook today, you would already know that. All right. How many people get looked at it tonight? I know. It's my fault. <laughs> You're not going to let me forget that one. Oh, we got to get a few. We put up, put up there. We got uh, prayer, all church prayer here next Wednesday night. I didn't really want to get started in something new and then take a break from it. So uh, there was something else I was meditating on with the labels area. So we're just going to spend one more week on, on these things. And then we'll pick up a, a new line as we, we uh, come into the week after our, our prayer time. We titled this one, Warning Labels. How many of you like some of the warning labels that are on things? We get a kick out of I me. Mean, most of the times we are fast forwarding through commercials. But the warning labels that are on commercials are hysterical. We just, we just sit there and laugh at them. We remember uh, some of the ones that are sleep aids, the medications for sleep aids, may cause drowsiness. That's a shocker. <laughs> that would be a shame if it didn't. <laughs> Why would you have to put that in there as a, as a, a warning? And that's, uh, that's terrible. And there's other kind of medications that have some similar... Funny, the, the ones for depression, the ones for depression are great. You know, if, uh, if you have thoughts of suicide, please call your doctor. So I'm thinking, here's a person, we have thoughts of suicide, we're depressed, and uh, we have to call the doctor now. And of course, if it's like calling our doctor, uh, have it a week from Thursday. Can you hold on till then? <laughs> I'm not sure how well all this stuff, uh, <laughs> not sure how well this works. But it's not just on medications. You know, if you buy some things from the, uh, from the store, if you buy a lawnmower, I mean, the warning labels that are on there, you would think, do you really have to say that? Do not operate with your hand by the blade. Wow, I just, I wouldn't have thought that. I thought I could have put my hand underneath the lawnmower when it was running. I'd... Some of the things that we have on there, I mean, it's, they, we have to have warning labels on there for dummies. Of course, McDonald's, you know, if you get the coffee, now what's it say? Contents may be hot. May be hot. Not sure. <laughs> we think it might be. <laughs> As we give it to you, we just want to give you a warning. It might be hot. If it's not hot, of course, people are going to complain about it. But if it is hot, you are entitled to a lawsuit. <laughs> oh, man. Of course, down in Florida, there was a city that a lady called 911 when McDonald's ran out of chicken nuggets. So we should have a warning label about that. We may be out of chicken nuggets if you arrive. <clears throat> I mean, just some of the things that we have to have warning labels for anymore. But of course, God doesn't have stupid warning labels or warning labels for stupid people. He has legitimate ones. We think of some of the ones that were done in the Bible. And of course, we can think of uh, the, there was a warning label put on the, tr- the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, wasn't there? Do not... Eat from this tree. For the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. That's a warning label. That's a good one. That's not for dummies. That's a warning label. If you eat of this tree, you will surely die. That's all there is to it. There is also a warning label put on Cain. (laughs) Do not kill this man. You may want to, but don't do it. (laughs) It will not be good. So there's some obvious ones that we, we think of. But, you know, we really don't care about a warning label on Cain because we don't see him. They're not right. We don't really care that there was a warning label on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because we don't see it either. Only warning labels we care about are the ones we see. So what are some of the warning labels that God has put out there for us? 
Because God is clear about His warning labels. He's put them out there pretty good. So I, we divided the warning labels that I found in the Word of God up into three groups. The first one is people. God has a warning label on certain people. Thank the Lord for that. But there are some people that you need to be warned about. And so He's, uh, he's certainly done it. I think some people ought to have warning labels put on for their driving habits. They should be able to required to be putting a bumper sticker on the back. I am a reckless driver. I do not know what I am doing. But that hasn't happened just yet. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Now we covered this. We're not going to get into the detail we did before. Just, just looking at the warning label. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. Every tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. So there's a warning label. Beware of false prophets. Well, I mean, that's, that's simple. Beware of false prophets. That's pretty, pretty good. I put this category of people beware of, of bad ads. Bad ads. Because some people advertise themselves as one thing, but they aren't. They, they just aren't that way. They're different than how they advertise. And of course, we've all had things like that. Things we've ordered. Things we've bought. You know, we advertised one way and it came in. It wasn't quite the way that it was advertised. It came in a little bit different. And... Uh, People are this way too. Beware of false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, so they're advertised as sheep, but they're not. They're ravenous wolves. And he tells you some things about that. By their fruits, you will know them. So sometimes we have to begin to discern what are the things that are going to tell us what the warning label is. And we want people to come in and announce to us, I am a wolf. But they won't do that. Because they want you to think that they're a sheep, even though they are a wolf. And so we have to be careful of that. We've got to find out some, some things about who they are, what they are. He says, by their fruits you will know them. So if you want to see the advertisement, the true one, just look at the fruits. That's it, just look at the fruits. That's all, don't worry about the rest of it. Just, here's the fruits. Look at them. Because, uh, you know, ads, bad ads will get you in trouble. Uh, I think it was in California. McDonald's is a, has a lawsuit because they're advertising them because, uh, you know, they have coerced children into buying Happy Meals. Oh, yes. And parents have been put under undue pressure to give in to the children because of the toys that are in the Happy Meals and therefore they have to provide these unhealthy meals. And so unless McDonald's has so many fruits and vegetables in the Happy Meal, then they are going to be subject to this. This is what the court thing is, is about. Now, that's just ridiculous. What they're telling you, though, is that parents don't have enough sense to uh, feed their children right. Now, they've been telling you that in more states than just California because, you know, the Pelosi and all those guys are out there were trying to get the uh, breakfast for the kids as well as lunch. So now the schools give them breakfast and lunch, and now they're pushing that schools give them dinner too. Of course, the schools, uh, the government already gives them food stamps and things like that to help out with, with that, but uh, even still, they don't know what they're doing. And we need to help them out. Now... You know, McDonald's wants to put a toy in there. I mean, how many of y'all grew up and they used to put toys in cereals? 
Yeah. I mean, when you got to the, you know, the, and the cereal toy was always where? At the bottom. All the time is at the bottom. Yeah, that's what we would do. We'd pour the whole thing out into the bowl and get the toy. We're not waiting to finish the whole thing on off when we were little. That's just, no, we're not waiting until we finish it off. Now, as I got older, you know, ever see the, the I think I told you about this, but you ever see the, the show uh, uh, Beverly Hillbillies? Well, Jethro used to come out and he used to have a cereal bowl. That was mine. That was my cereal bowl. I had a Jethro-sized cereal bowl. My mom would buy the extra large, the family size thing of Cheerios. And that's all I would eat was Cheerios in the morning. It was Cheerios every day. And they only had one kind of Cheerios when I was growing up. It wasn't five different kinds. There was one kind. And uh, two days, my cereal box was empty. So I didn't really have to dig through anything if they put anything at the bottom. I would finish off a large box of Cheerios in two days. So you'd have to go to a store and buy many boxes of those things just to get me through. I was, uh, but I was running 10, 20 miles a day. So, you know, you, you, it took a lot of fuel. I wasn't buying gas for a car, but <laughs> I was, we were buying other things. It may have been cheaper, might not have been. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what, it's just some of the things we want to get people on people for. But, uh, you know, we'll get them on, on them for putting the toy in the Happy Meal. But we can uh, pass a 2,000-page health care bill and find out what's in it after it's passed. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with that. Well, we have false prophets. And false prophets, we spent some time on the false prophets before. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on them out there. There are true prophets. There are false prophets. He puts a warning label out there. There's false prophets out there. Be warned. Be watchful of them. Here's how you tell. They're fruits. Look at the fruits. But you see, we don't want to do that. If we have a person who comes up and they operate in prophecy and they say something to us, oh, we are ready to bow. We are ready to give in. What do you want? We'll write a check. We'll do all sorts of stuff because, you know, they prophesied stuff over us. So as we told you before, there are things you can pick up in the spirit realm about people. And it does not mean that you are to say anything about it. But people that are out there that are wolves in sheep clothing, all they want to do is pick up something about you and they'll tell you something that every spirit in heaven and hell already knows about you. Now, you ought to shock some of these people. I, I did it one time. I'm going I'm to look for another time to do it. I did it one time. I shocked somebody one time. They came in there with this real flowery thing, and I, and I just stopped. And I said, you know what? Every spirit in heaven and hell already knows that about me. Tell me something different. <laughs> I shut them up. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't go any further than that. <laughs> I don't know, I was feeling particularly bold that day or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but I, I've had other times I probably should have done it. I just didn't. But sometimes you just got to put some of these people to, to, just to stop it. Because uh, they just have no reason to keep on going with the thing. They just, they're trying to win you over. Have you ever been in a room with that? That people try and win. You know, I've been in a room uh, of times where someone turned me off spiritually. By their fruit chanolum, I saw some fruits and it just says, you know what? I'm not ready to receive from this person because of the fruits that were in their life. And so then this person proceeded to go over to the area of prophecy and try to prophesy some things. And they'll do that. They're sheep. They're, now, I'm not saying this person was. Sometimes people just do it because they don't know better. They just, you know, they, that's a way you can win people over. But there are people out there that want to do it with the intention of hurting you and harming you. Be careful. In Matthew 24, verse 3. 
Now as he sat in the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Is that a warning label? Take heed that no one deceives you. Which will mean there are people out there that want to deceive you. Take heed. Take heed. How many of y'all remember back when the, uh, when you could buy, pull up to the gas, gas, uh, um, can you think of it? Gas station. And you would have regular and unleaded. And if you had a car, a, a newer car, it would have a little sticker on there, unleaded fuel only. Now, y'all know what regular fuel was. Now, some, some of the folks who are younger have no idea. What is regular unleaded? What is, what is this stuff? Because now all the fuel is uh, unleaded. But it used to be there was some that was leaded. And the leaded fuel actually helped lubricate the engine. Leaded fuel is a whole lot better than unleaded fuel. And so then they had to do some things to, to try and doctor up the, the thing because, you know, there are people out there decided that leaded fuel was no good. Probably the same people that decided that NT, what is that, uh, MTSB or something like that they put in there. Additive they put in for about a year. And then they found out it was so water-soluble that once it got dissolved in the water supply, they couldn't get it out. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> Just the same kind of people who decided that, you know, you can't have mercury in your thermometer in your home anymore, but mercury in your light bulbs are fine. <laughs> the, the sense of people anymore, I'm telling you. We should put warning labels on some of our politicians. Warning, contents may be stupid. Because really, they're doing things that are just, they're either being paid off or they're just stupid. I'm not sure which one or both. But he says that first off here, take heed that no one deceives you, which means there are people out there trying to deceive you. Take heed that no one deceives you. Now, are you taking heed that no one deceives you by ignoring end time teaching? No. So what he's saying is, know what the end times are and guard yourself against them. I didn't get to talk about it on Sunday, but we did. Uh, I have posted them for, for a lot of people. We put all the end times teaching on a certain file in, on the Internet that you can download. You can get all the end time teaching ever done here uh, just by a simple download. But you just have to send me your email address because I have to give you the key to unlock it. There's a whole lot of stuff, and it would fill up the other one too much. But uh, it's there for you. If you want to pull it down, you just got to let me know. But take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name. For many, well, see, this is still a warning label. Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. I am the peacemaker. I am the one who is the Messiah. Many will say that. I don't believe them. He's telling you how to do it. Now, in Luke chapter 21, verse 8, he says, Take heed that you, that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. So he adds that part to it. The time has drawn near. Have we ever heard people out there saying, the time has drawn near? Yeah, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily wrong or that they're a false, uh, a false teacher, because Paul thought the time was near for him too. <laughs> But there, there are some that are not just saying Christ is coming, He's coming soon, but they're trying to get something from you. Therefore, the time has drawn near. Therefore, you need to do this. It usually involves sending me money. Them money. 
I am He, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. Is that a warning label? In Mark chapter 13, verse 6, He has this. For many will come in My name, saying, I am He, and will deceive many. Now, He's giving you a warning label. And will deceive many. If you had a warning label on a product you had in your home, and said, and it says on the warning label, many misuse this product and it explodes, causing death, and dismemberment. Boy, did that get your attention? For many will come in my name saying, I am he and will deceive many. So we may think, well, who's going to fall for this? Apparently, many. Because <laughs> Jesus told us. Jesus knows. Many will fall for it. Don't fall for it. It's real easy to, to know what the end times are about. But these are the things he says. So false Christs are something he puts a warning label on there about. Then there's false teachers. Oh, I'll tell you what, we could just camp out here. I just love Second Peter. There's so many things in there. Second Peter has so many warnings and so many things he's, he's got for us. But here we're just going to look at some things in chapter 2, verse 1. But there were, were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. So there's false prophets and false teachers. Now, if God's God, why doesn't He just remove all the false prophets and all the false teachers? Why doesn't He just get rid of them? Why, is it, why are they here? I mean, God's God, and He should just get rid of them. You know, people don't understand what God's done. God has warned you. This is out there. Be aware. That's what the enemy is trying to do. But I've exposed it to you. There will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Secretly bring in... He didn't just say heresies. He said what? So they are going to secretly bring in destructive heresies. If you hear these phrases, does that not get your attention? They, there are people out there, false teachers, who are secretly bringing in destructive heresies. Those four words are key. Secretly means they know they're false. If they were true, they would just bring them out. See, This is why I'll bring out to you some of the political stuff. In, in here, because I know we, we have people from all different areas. We have Democrats, we have Republicans, we have Independents, we have whatever else we can put in there. But you still need to know what's going on. When anyone, Republican, Democrat, or Independent, is doing something secretly, there's a problem. And we need to be aware of it. I don't bring to you all the ones I know of. Because you all get just tired of me talking about it all the time, and I don't want to make this be all that. I try and just bring out the more alarming ones, but I stay exposed to them. I stay watchful of them because I want to watch over all of them so I know which ones to bring you up to date on because it's important that you know that. I don't know if you knew about this one yet. I didn't tell you about this one. I learned about this one about a week or two ago. Did you know that in the health care bill, it is written in the health care bill that the president can add and change anything he wants to? It wasn't brought out until a New York Times article brought it out about a week or two ago. The New York Times. <laughs> the New York Times is the one who brought this out and exposed it. Remember the death panels that were all talked about? And they finally took the death panels out? The president wrote the death panels into the legislation. Didn't need to be approved. Didn't need to be voted on. It was just written in. Apparently, he can write in whatever he wants to. And it's legal because it's in the and this stuff. Remember Pelosi? We've got to pass this thing so we know what's in it. She was right. 
until <laughs> we pass it. We don't know what's in it. And apparently we still don't know what's in it because anything they want, they can put in, in there in there after that. That's not how legislation is supposed to go, folks, in this country. We do have to take heed. Now, I, I tell you that not because I really don't care what they do in the health care bill. Because my health doesn't matter to them. My health matters to Jesus Christ. And they can legislate and do whatever else they want to all, all they want to. But uh, I know that there's other people out there who don't know how to depend on Jesus Christ. And so we want to make sure that they have access to, to all that stuff and make sure that they're aware of what's going on. But they're also working to try and take control from other things too. That's the, the more scary part of it all. But anyway, false teachers secretly bringing in destructive heresies. Secretly bringing in. Now, I don't know if they know that they're destructive, but they know that they have to do it secretly because if not, people will know about it. They will, they will know about this thing and it'll be destructive. Now, how many have ever set a mousetrap? Anybody ever set a mousetrap? Now, I like the old-fashioned ones. The old-fashioned ones, you know, you get the little spring and you pull the spring back and you set the thing on after you put some cheese on the, on the thing. And then, you know, you, you hear sometimes you're sitting at the dinner table. You hear, snap! Oh, we, we may have gotten one. Now, of course, when that would happen, mom does not want to be the one to get up and check it. Neither do generally the sisters in the house. They didn't want to get up and check it either. So usually it's, you know, my brother and I, we're usually the ones, oh, can we check it? Can we, can we go see? <laughs> Did we get one? <laughs> and so we're having to be, be held back from having to go check it. Everybody else wants to go on up there and, you know, stay away from the thing. But we're going to get out there. But, you know, you put the cheese in there and secretly there's destructive, something destructive because if it's out in the open, this is a problem. I heard a report that came out recently that said that uh, in cheese... Is a, cheese has a natural painkiller to it. I don't know if you knew that or not. And the, the person who brought this up thought this was hysterical. The poor mouse. <laughs> Here he is in the trap. It's sprung. There's the painkiller and he can't get to it. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical when I heard that. <laughs> little, little mouse trap over there. Can't quite get to it. You know, you put the hook in the bait and throw it over for the fish. The fish sees the bait, but not the hook. They're secret. It's, it's, it's put in there secretly. You know that the hook is destructive to the fish, but you don't care because you want the fish. You don't care that this mousetrap is destructive to the mouse. You want them dead. You know, initially, when we were, when we, uh, our kids were little, you know, Christian couldn't stand the thought of anything dying. And so we could not use destructive mousetraps in the house. Because, uh, you know, one time we had put them out there. We put the, some of those baits out there that kill them. And one of the mouse ate it. And, you know, they, they are alive for a while after they eat it. And he wandered around and got up into the house, onto the sofa, and died in the cushions. Right on the, right on the living room cushion. You found a little, you know, where the little dent is in the thing. Got right in there and just, that was it. Well, that was very traumatic for him. And so we uh, couldn't do things that would bring about death and they would, say, they would see it. So when he got to the point that he didn't, that didn't bother him anymore, he said, oh, good. And I got the, the, uh, the, the bait traps that you just put out there to eat it and they go away and they die somewhere. I put them on out because, you know, they would climb on my wood and they would do stuff that would make marks on the wood. This isn't good. So we put that stuff, you know, die, sucker. <laughs> and nobody else cared about it anymore if they did. 
So that was helpful for us. But see, there's destructive heresies. They secretly bring in destructive heresies. You must know that there are people in this world who secretly bring in destructive heresies. They're out there. God says, well, I'm warning you. They're out there. They're going on. You've got to be careful. And He's given us ways to know. Again, by their fruits you'll know them. That's one way. But he, Peter gives us all kinds of help on this particular thing. So they secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who, who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. Now we could camp right there denying the Lord. How do they deny the Lord? Then uh, there's lots of ways that, that people will do this. People will deny the Lord by first off saying that Jesus is not the only way. They deny the Lord who bought them by saying that there are certain things you have to do in order to get redeemed or, or saved, like uh, works righteousness, things of that nature. And many will follow their destructive ways. How many? Many. This is not something that only is going to happen to a few folks. Many will follow their destructive ways. What would you think if those little curly cube light bulbs, the mercury light bulbs that are out there right now, you know, when you bring in the mercury into your house and you have one of those things break, how many, I've told you about this before, anybody call the, um, has, the what do you call it, hazmat people to find out what happens if you break one of those bulbs in your house? I mean, just have some fun. <laughs> Tell them you broke one. And there's a pregnant lady in the house. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. You're going to have all kinds of stuff going on with that. Don't be telling you to evacuate the house and all this sort of stuff. Mm. But they're, they're destructive. These, these folks, let me read it again. And many will follow their destructive ways. Could you imagine if we knew that many people will die from the mercury light bulbs? If we knew that, what would we do? If we knew. I mean, we're trying to get the mercury out of the water because there's mercury in the fish, but we're going to put it in the light bulbs. And you know, every person who buys the mercury light bulbs is going to dispose of them properly. Because as we have right now, everybody disposes of batteries properly. Everybody disposes of computers properly. Everybody dis disposes of other mechanical things and, and electronic. We all, every single one of us disposes of them properly, right? There is no one who takes hazardous material and put it out in the trash. No one. Oh, man. There are destructive ways because of, the, because of whom the way will be blasphemed. So many will follow their destructive... Many will follow their destructive ways. We need to be aware. Here's the warning label. Many will follow their destructive ways. Many. And if we sit there and say, well, it's not me. He's not talking about me. He said Many. Which means, be careful. Because it could be you. I've seen some of the people that I respect greatly in the, in the faith. I learned a whole lot of stuff off of. Followed a wrong way. Went a wrong way and started teaching bad doctrine. So, be careful. It can be out there. Many will follow their destructive ways because they're destructive heresies. And many are going to follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. So as many follow the destructive ways, the way of the truth that these people are supposed to be following, it's going to be blasphemed. But covetousness, or by covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. I'll tell you, you could just get into every word. We have dealt into Second Peter before, but they will exploit you with deceptive words. How? 
by covetousness. They will get you to covet this. They will get you to covet that. The media tries to get us to covet the money of the rich, the ways of the rich. We try and covet other things. Other people have this. We should covet that. No, don't. Don't, don't fall for it. Don't get into it. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle. And their destruction does not slumber. Their destruction's coming. Don't be in the camp when they're, when it comes. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, if, look at, look at it. If God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness, what angels is he talking about? The ones who came down to the daughters of men and made giants to be reserved for judgment and did not spare the ancient world. But save Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood of the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. So God says, Sodom and Gomorrah, want to live ungodly? Take a look. Right there. And you know what today? Everybody knows about Sodom and Gomorrah. If you say Sodom and Gomorrah, everyone knows. Oh, I know what you mean. So he did a pretty good job of getting that word around. People know. I mean, it's not like, however he has advertised this, it has worked. How many of y'all know there have been, been some great advertising campaigns in the past that just didn't work? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. I think that was one of the most phenomenal ad campaigns out there. We, years later, was it 30, 40 years later? We still remember. But apparently it didn't sell Alka-Seltzer, so they stopped it. Mm. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. <laughs> We remember these things. But uh, and, and we still know what product it sold. I mean, how many of you all remember a really great commercial but can't remember what it was selling? Oh, that was such a good commercial. I, what were they selling? I can't remember. But that one, we remember what it was selling. I know what they were doing. Sodom and Gomorrah, it has been advertised. This is the way of sin, and this is what happens to people in this way. But people still go on, they do their thing. Making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly. And delivered righteous lot who was opposed by the filthy conduct of the wicked for the righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds and the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to preserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. If you want to find out who these people are who are teaching the destructive heresies, you will find that they are generally those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. Generally. This is what they're going to be doing. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. You're going to have teachers out there that are not afraid to speak evil of, of other teachers, other people that have more fruit than they do. And they stand up there and they talk evil about them. Brother Hagin used to teach us. God will bring down ministers who are doing wrong. But he used to warn, boy, I, remember, I still remember, what, I can watch him in my mind. He pointed at us and he said, don't you have anything to do with their downfall. He warned us about that. He let God do it. Example of that is David and Saul. David had two opportunities to bring down Saul. And David said, nope, not going to do it. Nope, not going to do it. God will do, it's, it's God's job. He's God's anointed and it's God's problem. 
It's not mine. Whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord, but these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand. How many times have you heard teachers in the gospel of Jesus Christ speak evil of a doctrine that they just simply don't understand? Speak evil of it. Don't just say, I don't understand that. Speak evil of it. Even though it's in the Bible. They'll speak evil of it. What's that telling you? They speak evil of things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. Now, there was a particular uh, uh, person who was an authority on a particular topic that was of interest to ministers. And he wrote a very thorough book on the subject. Very thorough book. And it was a book that I even consulted. It was a book that I would go after if I had questions uh, in this particular area. And then this person came out with a second book. And in this one, he went and he, he uh, went after the teachers in the body of Christ. And he began to tell how all these teachers were wrong that he wrote about in this book. And the problem was that he, he took on a couple of teachers that I knew personally. Like Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland. Fred Price, other ones like that. I think Creflo Dollar may have even been in the book. But anyway, the list would go on. It was a very long list of people. And he wrote about them and ascribed things to their teaching that I knew they didn't teach. I knew they didn't teach it. And he put them down, raked them over the coals, said things about them. I immediately stopped consulting his other book, even though it was the only book on the subject I could find. I immediately stopped it. And I don't consult this person to this day. I'm not saying that he's not saved. I don't know. That's not my job. That's someone else's job. I just know if he covers a, a, an area of where I understand things, where I know people, and he doesn't get them right, how can I trust him on the areas that I don't know? I can't trust him. And so I, I, I turned all that off. I don't, I don't consult this guy anymore. Um, he, he could be saved. Again, it's, it's not my, my spot. I just know if you're going to rip people like this and you haven't thoroughly researched them, I'm not going to trust you on the other stuff. I know better. Because I know that these, uh, this, these four guys that he, he tore down, I knew them to be upstanding and having more fruit than this man ever had in, in his life. It's not saying he's bad because he doesn't have any more fruit than, than that, but I'm not going to... Uh, don't, don't sit there and do it. Don't sit there and... We don't need to pull people down. We don't need to go around saying, you know, don't listen to this one. Stay away from this one. We don't need to do it. Just get out there and teach the Word of God. Get turned on to the Word of God, what it says. Have fun with it. And you won't have as, as much trouble with the false doctrine. Where do we leave off at? Verse 13. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. Boy, that's a description, isn't it? Carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you. This is all a warning label, folks. A very long one. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. Let me tell you something, folks. It is easy, especially if you are spiritually mature, it is easy to tell if someone is unstable. It is not hard. It is easy. And, if once, and once these people pick up that somebody is unstable, 
they pull them in to whatever deceptions they can. But you see, that's not the role of a teacher, of a prophet, of one who's a pastor or minister or helper or someone who's there to edify. That's not, you are to go in there, oh, this person's unstable. We need to stabilize them. We need to get the Word of God in them and help stabilize them. No, the other people, they just look at that and say, ah, oh, we've got we to pull this one down. We can take them for what they have, for what they're worth. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. And this is the second time we've seen covetous used, right? You have got to be aware of people that try and bring you into covetousness. We all know that the Word of God tells us in the Old Testament, thou shalt not, thou shalt not covet. And there's a list of things not to covet, but don't do it. <laughs> be satisfied with what you got. And be glad that someone else has more. If they do, don't get into covetous. It's bad. It's, it's a bad ground. It's a fertile ground for all sorts of bad stuff. But people that try and lead you into this, folks, you don't have to wonder. If I, as your pastor, ever, ever teach you something that causes you to covet what someone else has, you have all have the right to stand up and, and, and challenge me on it. I don't have the right to do that. I cannot, if I do that, I am wrong. No one should do it. We shouldn't do it. We don't need to covet. If someone else is rich, good. They're rich. <laughs> if someone else has a big house, fine. They got a big house. It's okay. They have a heart trained in covetous practices. Can you imagine that? Training your heart in covetous practices. <coughs> Training your heart. The media today is trained in covetous practices. That's all they do. They, tr they get you to covet what other people have. That you should have it. They get you to do it. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. Ooh, ooh. Stay away. Oh, don't get in. Don't get in there with them. If you get in the, involved with the people who are accursed, oh, it's not good. You remember what happened to people that took of the accursed things in the Bible? Oh, it was bad. I mean, fire comes down. Grounds open up. People fall down dead. It's just don't do it. It's not good. It's not good. Even when uh, in the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira, and they kept back some of the money and Peter said, while it was your own, you could do with the money as you, as you said, but since you came and said, we have given it all to God and then kept back part of it, you took of what was God's. And they fell down dead right there. Don't get around with those folks. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey, speaking with a man's voice, restrained the madness of the prophet. <laughs> there are wells without water. You know what that means? You come up to, you're thirsty, you come up to a well, because back then that's what you did, you came up to wells. You didn't go up to faucets, you came up to wells. Thirsty, come up to a well, oh, I can get some drink and you get, and it's empty. They are wells without water. Clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now folks, in this day, we have a whole lot of teachers supposedly in the body of Christ that are out there teaching masses of people. And how many times have we listened to them and said, where's the beef? It's another advertising thing that worked, right? Wendy's got, that was Wendy's start. Where's the beef? The little old lady. How many remember the little old lady? Yeah. 
I think you could probably go up on YouTube and find her, couldn't you? <laughs> I don't know. I've never tried to do that, but I bet you could. Boy, she was famous. Little old lady, where's the beef? Because all the other burgers, you know, small. There's is bigger. Oh, man. Where's the beef? When you're coming on, you, you listen to someone and say, where's the meat? There's no meat on this. It's all feel-good, flowery stuff. But droves of people are coming in. Why? They're wells without water. Clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Understand, not everyone who goes to hell is in the same place. There are some places that are worse than others. And teachers who teach people and lead them astray, it is not good. It is not good. For whom they speak great swelling words of emptiness. Great swelling words of emptiness. Does this go on in the body of Christ today? Do people speak great swelling, uh, swelling words of emptiness? There's no life to it. I'm not learning the word. I don't know how to live. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the, of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. I'll tell you this, you could just camp out on this for a long time. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. What he's saying there is this. You had teachers, and they're just great swelling words, emptiness, wells without water. These people got born again at some point and it's somewhere in their, in their process of after they got born again, began to follow God and followed a way that took them to teach empty teachings and become wells without water. He said their end result is worse than before they got born again. It's not good. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. They've turned from it because they are no longer helping people walk the way that God wants them to walk. They're having them walk in a way that benefits them. But it has happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit. So what's he calling them? Dogs. And a sow having washed to her, to her wallowing in the mire. So what's the second thing he's calling them? Pigs. Pigs. He's calling them dogs and pigs. Two, uh, two things that the Jewish people really held in high regard. <laughs> All right, false teachers. A lot of scripture on that, but uh, you can just spend time just, just camping on out there. The whole Second Peter chapter 2 is all a warning label. I get it. Understand it. You'll be fine. False brethren. Second Corinthians 11.26. Paul speaking. In journeys often in perils of water and perils of robbers and perils of my own countrymen and perils of the Gentiles and perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea in perils among false brethren. There are false teachers. There are false prophets. And there are false brethren. Wouldn't it be nice if all the false brethren wore an orange coat, a yellow hat, green pants, white shoes. I don't, just something. <laughs> if, if you are false brethren, just, you know, wear this. And then we could all tell. Oh, we got three false brethren with us. Be careful. They're over there. <laughs> no, but they don't do that, do they? How can you tell false brethren? Same way you can tell false teachers. Same way you can tell false prophets. By their fruits, you will know them. We just spent 
most almost a half year on fruits. You ought to be real good at that now. If not, go back and get the, the stuff that's all up online. Galatians chapter 2, verse 4. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in. How? Secretly brought in. False brethren secretly brought in. What is the purpose of taking false brethren and secretly bringing them in? To bring down where they came in at. Right? Why else would you do it? I mean, when you turn on the TV and the Star Trek Enterprise is on. And the guys that are after Captain Kirk or Captain Picard or whatever, the, the Starship Enterprise is basically what it is. They're after them. And so when they, one of the ways that they try and do it is to put people on board who are false. That they can get in there and they can see what's going on or they can disable the, the ship's shields because you disable the ship's shields. Then you can shoot as you want and they're not... Can't def- I mean, isn't that what they do? How many war movies have we watched? And you have enemies that are set in posing as soldiers for the, the other side. Why? For the purpose of bringing them down. So why are false brethren out there? Now look at that. I want you to see this. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in. How do you secretly bring in false brethren unless somebody on the inside brings them in? Right? Who on the inside brings them in? False teachers. (laughs) False prophets. Bring in the false brethren for the purpose of undermining the church. When you get burned by a Christian, it should not send you, you know, running, oh, I'm not going to be in church anymore. You should just understand, I missed the warning label. (laughs) God put a warning label out there, false brethren, I missed it. This was a false brethren and I missed it. They burned me on it. This is the false teacher. This is the false prophet. In order for there to be false teachers, false prophets, and false brethren, there must be True ones. Got to be true ones. In order, in order for there to be false $100 bills, there must be true ones. Because you can't have false without the true. Who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which, which, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Yep. And, and folks, you're going to see this going on with the way that our government has been going, our freedoms are being taken away. And you will find that there will be stealth people sitting in congregations to listen to what is said. And when they find something they don't like, pastors will be going to jail. This is what, this is what we're setting up for. We've already seen some of the uh, outskirts of it. Well, here's another one. Bad beliefs. We had bad ads. Things people, they're advertising, we advertise as true brethren, but they're false brethren. We advertise as true teachers, but they're false teachers. We advertise as true prophets, but they're false prophets. <clears throat> so they're bad ads. Now we got bad beliefs in First Timothy chapter 6, verse 3. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reveling, evil suspicions. Now look at this verse 3 again. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, 
even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ into the doctrine which accords with godliness. I read that verse and I think of an experience I had one time when I was fresh out of Ramah. Uh, I came over to a church and, uh, and God told me to, to stick around there. And so I stuck around there and there was really nothing for me to do at the time, but he told me to stick around. And it wasn't too long until the youth leader, I got involved with the youth and I was trying to help some things out with the youth, but the youth leader who was there, uh, you could tell he was very immature and he really didn't know what he was talking about. But he was leading this youth group and he came out, there was one day I was, I was sitting in there and they had the meeting going on and, and this guy got up, I don't, it was one of those movies that came out, one of those disaster movies, uh, uh, nuclear disaster, I don't even remember what the, the thing was, it was back in the uh, early 80s, some movie that came out about that. And this guy sat in front of this youth group and he said, I'm going to encourage all of you to stay home from church on Sunday night and watch this movie. Ponder that. Because this was put on by the world. I mean, there was nothing godly about this movie. Nothing. It's just a movie about the end of the age and one way they can go on. He says, I want to encourage you all to stay home from church on Sunday night because the entire youth group came out to church on Sunday night. I want to encourage you to stay home on Sunday night and watch this movie. And I sat there thinking, Dear Lord, why would anybody say something like that? And I, did, I didn't say anything about it. I was still on I just had started to come in helping out with the youth group. And one after another in the youth group, they got up and said, I'm not staying home from church on Sunday night to watch some garbage movie. And the teacher began to argue with them why they should stay home from church <laughs> and watch the garbage movie. And the exchange got so heated that the youth leader, the teacher, walked out of the meeting and of the church. Left. Now, granted, I'm sitting here, I was, remember, I was on the front row, all the people argued, I didn't say a word to the whole thing. I'm, I've only been in here a couple of weeks. And this whole thing blew up. And he walks out. Now there's no youth leader. The youth all over. No youth leader. So I got up and said some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> tried to smooth it on over and and uh, and I just said, you know, well, I really appreciate your desire to come on out to church and I just think that's great that you all want to come out to church more so than doing anything else. And and then we just went on and talked about some other things. And well, the youth leader never came back to church, never came back to the youth group, never came back to anything. And after that, they asked me to take over the youth group. And, and so I did that. But <laughs> it was hysterical. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words... Can you see where that would not consent to wholesome words? I mean, some of the things that people want to want to teach you, you just don't swallow everything. You should have enough of the word in you that when something comes up that's false, oh, that's no, it's not, mm-mm, no, no, that's not right. That's not right. How many of you all have a favorite meal? I mean, there's favorite meals, favorite something that you like more than anything else. You know, I can name you a couple of mine. One of mine, if I'm going to go out and get a steak, my favorite steak, way up here. All the other steaks are down here. This one is here. It's, 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 it's always the best. The ribeye. I love the ribeye. You can have the New York steaks and you can have the T-bones and you can have the sirloin and you can have whatever other ones out there for Le Mignon and whatever. I want the ribeye. I don't care if it's cheaper. I don't care if it's more expensive. If I'm going to go out and splurge and have a steak, I'm getting a ribeye. 
You can call it by another name, Delmonico, or whatever else you want to call it by, but I know what it is. If you call it by another name, I can usually pick it out on the menu. I want that salmon. It's good. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's certain things that you like. And if you have it enough, you know when salmon is done, good. And you order the salmon, and you take, oh, that was good salmon. Mm. Yeah, you can tell good salmon, right? But then you can walk into a place, and you can tell they don't know how to cook salmon. They probably didn't know how to buy salmon. But they sure don't know how to cook salmon. Because if you're going to cook salmon right, you've got to first off buy salmon right. And then you've got to cook the salmon right. And then when you eat the salmon, it's good. But you can tell when it comes out, there's something not right here. Right? Well, you should be able to tell that with doctrine. You should be able to tell that with the Word of God. When the Word of God comes out and it's not right, it's not wholesome words. There are warning labels. There is no reason for anyone to be deceived. Remember when Jesus was asked by his disciples, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming into the end of the age? His first words were, take care that no one deceives you. That's his first thing he says. Which means you can take care that no one deceives you. There is no one on the face of this earth, and I don't care how long they've been teaching the Bible, there is no one on the face of this earth who can teach you false doctrine in such a way that you cannot tell that it's false. No one. Because Jesus said, take heed, take heed, that no one deceives you. You can, you can do it. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reveling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. This, this just, it tells you who to look for. If you want to find people to, to learn from, look for people who have godliness and they are content. They're content. Doesn't mean they're not going for more, but they're content. You can be content and still go for more. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. But look, he is proud, knowing nothing, obsessed with disputes, arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reveling evil suspicions, suspicions useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of truth. Folks, you, you read over this list, you're going to be able to tell. There's some bad beliefs here. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. He's put a warning label on bad company. Bad comp bad. Bad company is bad. It will hurt you. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. How many times have we thought, yeah, but I really like this one. I really like this group of people. I really, I, I really enjoy hanging out with these people over here. I know that they're not all that good, but you know, how many times have we done that? <laughs> Do not be deceived, which means I can be deceived. Now, how many times have we all held to this, this truth? Bad company corrupts good. And we've told other people bad company corrupts good morals until we find a bad company we like. <laughs> Who you been hanging out with? Awesome uh, people down by the bar. I, uh, are, are they bad company? No, 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 they're not bad company. 
No, I know some people might think they are. No, they're, they're, they're really good folks. I really enjoy being around them. I'm just having such fun hanging out with them, folks. Oh, this is good. Do not be deceived. What? Evil company corrupts good habits. So there, where's the warning label? Evil company corrupts good habits. So if you see people that are bad company, what do you see? Corrupts good habits. There, there's the warning label. Yeah, but does he mean these ones? Do not be deceived. Proverbs 13.20 He who walks with wise men will be wise. <laughs> he who walks with wise men will be wise. So what should you do? <laughs> Walk with wise men. I'm, is this not a warning label? Warning. Warning. If you walk with wise men, you will be wise. How many remember Lost in Space? Yes. Warning, Will Robinson. Warning, Will Robinson. I used to love that thing. <laughs> warning. Warning. We need a little robot like that in our lives. Warning. Warning. <laughs> wise men. If you walk with wise men, you will be wise. But the companion of fools <laughs> will be destroyed. <laughs> well, who's a fool and who's wise? Who follows after the things of God? Would that be a wise person? Who follows after the things that are not the things of God? Not wise. It's not hard to tell the wise people from the foolish people. It's really not hard. It is pretty easy. There's wise people and then there are foolish people. Doesn't give us any tweeners. You're either a wise or you are a So we you can either fellowship with wise or fool. And there's a warning label on both. Warning, fellowshipping with wise people will make you wise. Fellowshipping with foolish people will make you destroyed. Stay out of there. Bad company, bad beliefs, bad ads. Here's the other one, bad doctrine. Jesus puts labels on some of these doctrines as well. In Matthew 16, verse 6 through 12, and Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I do not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The doctrine of the Pharisees is a doctrine of religion that you get to God through religious means. That's what they taught. That was their, that was the thing that was leavened. We must beware of that kind of leaven that people want to come in and teach us that religion gets us to God. It is a relationship that gets us to God, not religion. And that's what we have to go after. But then there's also the doctrine of the Sadducees. If they were the same, he would not say the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. There is a difference. The Sadducees' doctrine was not a doctrine of religion. The Sadducees... If you remember from Paul's writings, you can tell this was from, from Paul's interaction with them. The Sadducees denied the resur- their resurrection. Now, if you want to find a way to remember it, remember that? The person who taught me how to remember that, and I've never forgotten it, is the reason that the Sadducees 
are sad, you see, is because they don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. So that makes them sad. You see. <laughs> They're Sadducees. <laughs> I love that because I've always remembered what the Sadducees believed because they, they taught us that. They deny the supernatural. They deny the resurrection of the dead. They, this is the things they deny. This is the doctrine they have. And people will get this in. Don't, do not people try and teach the doctrine of the Sadducees now? Yes. Denying the supernatural? Now, the Sadducees, they are not... I mean, they're Jewish people. But they deny the, the, the supernatural. Then, if you get into some other ones, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 13, then they sent to him some of, his, some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his word. When they had come, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. So they brought it. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to him, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. What an answer. The Herodians, the doctrine of the Herodians was a doctrine that incorporated the church and government so tightly. And, and this was the problem. Now, even around here, we'll tell you some things that the government's doing. We'll tell you some things that are going on. But they had it so tight. So so much that it was almost like a... that uh, um, What was going on with the political scene was their religion. That was Herodians. They were tied in. That's why they're called Herodians, because who was over the area at that time? Herod. And so Herod was tied in with these guys and he would say to, the, to them, I want you to teach this way. And the government, Herod, influenced their teaching. I don't want you to teach, I want the people to go this way. And that's what they would do. The government should not tell you how you should teach. But that's what was going on here with these folks. So that's all of our warnings about people. We'll try and get through the next ones because that was the rather longest one. He's got more warning about people. You've got to be more careful about people than anything else. But one place, one other place that we'll see about um, a warning label is places. This one's real easy for you to know. Over with Korah, Numbers chapter 16. I'm only going to read two verses, verse 26. And he spoke to the congregation saying, Moses is saying, Depart now from the tents of these wicked men. Touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sins. So they got away from around the tents of Korah, Dothan, Abiram, Dathan, and Abiram came out and stood at the door of the tents with their wives, their sons, and their little children. He said, get away from these people. Do not go. To, this is a bad place. He put a warning label on it. This is awful. Don't go here. Don't go here. You don't want to be there. And you all know what happened to that. It was not good for people that were in that place. Jesus in Matthew 23, verse 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, you're desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What place is he talking about? He's not worrying about people, is he? He's, worried, he's talking about Jerusalem. In Matthew 11. Woe to you, Chorazim. War to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. He includes Capernaum in, in on this thing too. There are places. They are not people. 
There was a warning about places there. In Luke chapter 9, verse 5, And whoever will not receive you when you go out of the city, shake off the dust, very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Now, that's a testimony against the people, but what them are they? Those who reside in, in that city, in that place. So if you see the man of God, the woman of God, the prophet of God, whoever it is, who's leaving the city and dust the, the, uh, the dust off their sandals, what should you do? <laughs> Honey, we're moving. <laughs> we're moving. We're not staying here anymore. We're going to go someplace else. We saw this. We're moving. <laughs> so it's not a good place anymore. We're leaving this place. Matthew, Matthew 24, verse 15. <clears throat> Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads this, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down and take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. So this is a warning label that says, when you see the abomination of desolation, the statue put into the temple by the Antichrist, and it is made alive by the prophet. When you see that going on, when you see, run! No longer is your house a good place. No longer are the flatlands a good place. See those mountains over there? Go there. That's the good place. And he's told them. It's a place. It's not a people. It's a place. Paul, in Acts chapter 27. Now when he had spent much time, now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. So what's Paul saying? That place, the boat, bad spot. It's a bad place. He's not saying anything about the people that are on the boat. He's talking about the place of the boat. There can be bad places. As much as there can be bad people, there can be bad places. And if you get a warning from God, this is a bad place, leave. Leave. If God, you know, you see the Moses coming on out and say, everybody get away from their tents. Get away from their tents. <laughs> you see the prophet dusting off his shoes, get out of the city. If Jesus says, woe to you, cars in. <laughs> woe is bad. Well, you don't know that before. Woe is bad. Get out. Here's Matthew 24. The last thing. Things. Verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So, these are things that will happen. Wars are not places. Wars are not people. They are things. Rumors of wars are things. He says, see that you are not. Here's the warning label. When you see these things, be sure that you are not troubled. How many times have we talked to Christians <clears throat> and they hear about all these wars going on and they get troubled? What have they done? They ignored the warning label. For these things sure ought to come about. Must come to pass, but the end is not yet. They must come about. Should we pray against the wars? Well, they must come about. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. Famines, pestilence, and earthquakes. Now, are we seeing famines? Are we seeing pestilence? Are we seeing earthquakes? What is the reason we are given for it? 
No, what are we, what's the world telling us? Why are these things happening? Global, global warming, global, global climate change, right? Well, what's God say? What's God saying the cause is? The end. Christians should never buy into any of these things. Ever. If you are, you're open to deception. That's why I get on this as much as I do. Because I know if you buy into this, you are open to deception. Do not buy into it. They are trying to get, they've been trying it since the 60s. They're trying to give you an explanation of why all these things are going to come about that is not, that has nothing to do with God. Famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. They're the beginning of sorrows. How many heard about those thousands of birds that fell out of the sky? Yeah. Did you hear one of the explanations? Yeah. Global warming. Global warming came, messed up their, uh, their, which way they're going. They didn't know which way to go for the, you know. The best explanation I heard about it was there was a storm that was in a particular direction and if they would have gone through the trauma of the storm, they would have been shot out and they would have landed right where they did <laughs> from where the storm was. So, <laughs> but global warming, no matter what happens around there, Al Gore can find a reason why global warming is behind it. And these are the beginning of sorrows. <laughs> the begin- say the beginning. Beginning of, <laughs> beginning of sorrows which means more sorrows are to come. This is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. Oh, man. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. This is good, isn't it? Boy, I'm looking forward to these days. <laughs> this is the beginning of sorrows. <laughs> this is the warning label. <laughs> this is the warning label. This is the beginning of the problem here. Now, here's the rest of the stuff that come. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Hmm. Yeah, but I thought you delivered Daniel from the line. What about the guys in the in the fiery furnace? How come I can't be one of those? You said they're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. I don't want to be killed. They're going to kill me. <clears throat> they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now, I'm sure that's not talking about the ones that got killed because they're dead. The ones who didn't get killed will be hated. So either you're going to be killed or you're going to be hated. Is that not the way it is right now? Who are the two groups in the world that are that are always uh, pointed out? Christians. Christians and Jews. Jews. Christians and Jews. I mean, you can go out there, a Christian can blow up, I was thinking about this, meditating on this the other day, a Christian can go out and blow up an abortion clinic and two people die. And you will know about the atrocities of Christians for years to come. And Muslims can come on over and blow up two World Trade Town buildings, over 3,000, or somewhere around 3,000 people die, but it's not the Muslims' fault. You tell me that's not what this is saying about. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended. <laughs> Warning! <laughs> Warning! Don't be offended. Don't be offended when people are killed and hated. Well, I didn't sign up to be killed and hated. Many will be offended and they will betray one another. Oh, he's a Christian right over there. You should kill him and hate him. And many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. In other words, the brethren will begin to hate themselves. This is what their goal is. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Because you see, as soon as you get out of walking in love, you're open to all sorts of deceptions. And because lawlessness will, be, will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Well, events are one thing. Signs are another. For false Christ and false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. 
false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders. Signs and wonders, folks, are things that will happen. Mark 13 talks about the same thing. So he says, Take heed, see I have told you all things beforehand. In Romans 8, verse 20 through 22, you can go and look this up later on, but it's catastrophes that are going to be coming. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of, of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now, which is the cause of many of the things they say is global warming. In Matthew 24, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be many famines, pestilence, and earthquakes. We already talked about. Well, here in the end, God may not put warning labels out in neon lights, but they are there to be found. There are warning labels out there to help you out. Thank God He has put warning labels out there. You have warning labels against bad people. You have warning labels against events that will go on trying to and deceive so many people. You have warning labels about things. Warning labels about places. There are warning labels that are out there, folks. And we need to read the warning labels. We need to see the signs. They're not neon, neon signs. that They don't light up. People don't call, all come out and wear yellow hats and tell us. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Therefore purge out the old leaven and you that you may be a new lump since you are truly our unleavened. For indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us. A little leaven. You've got to keep the leaven out. You've got to keep those that would try and bring in false things. You've got to hear the true word. You've got to keep meditating on the true word. You must stay on it. We are in the end times. And the one label is this. There are many out to deceive you. There are many out to try and get your love to grow cold. There are many out there that are trying to get you to buy into another explanation other than what the Bible tells you. Take heed. Do not be deceived. You have the ability to walk over any and every deception. The Spirit of God on the inside of you will illuminate you to truth you don't even know. And He will simply say in your spirit, that is false. And you can simply walk out of there saying, I don't know why, but... That's not right. That's not right. When my wife and I first met, she didn't know a whole lot of the Word of God. I've helped her out since then. <laughs> no, she, she was a you know, fairly new Christian. And she didn't know a whole lot about it. But we could both go into a meeting and listen to somebody. And, and, and I would know they were wrong. And I would know why. This verse, this verse, this verse, and this verse. And she would come out and she would say, I don't know why, but that wasn't right. <laughs> now, which one was better? <laughs> they both came to the same end. We both knew that this was wrong and that we shouldn't accept it. So just understand this. Just because you don't know all of the Bible yet doesn't mean that you can't know. That's deception. That's wrong. It's not right. We read over a whole lot of scriptures, a whole lot of things to meditate on. But understand there's a lot of warning labels in the Word of God. He's there to help you. His warning labels are not the stupid ones we see on the commercials. Don't make sense. Caution. Taking a sleeping aid might cause drowsiness. 
It's not the kind of stuff our God does. He tells us, this is here to pull you down, to harm you, to pull you in the wrong things. Don't buy it. Don't take it. Many will, but you don't have to. You don't have to. Father, we thank you for the warnings that you give us. That in your word, we have been warned against everything that would come against us. There is nothing we are going to face here in this day and age that you have not warned us about in your word. All we need to do is simply know your word and we're good. But even in those areas where we don't quite know your word yet, we haven't quite learned what your word says to help guard us in that we have your spirit who illuminates all things to us. And our spirit can come up on the inside and say, not right, not right, warning, warning. And we can simply say, Father God, I'm just going to listen to the voice of my spirit. It says that's wrong. I don't know why yet, but it says that's wrong. And then later on, you'll teach us what your word says about the thing. I thank you for the help that you give us. For you desire that we do not be deceived, that we do not fall into a wrong way. And you have labeled many things out there for us to see. Help us, Father, to read the signs. Help us to see the warning labels that are out there. For you have warned us to protect us and to keep us from falling, from stumbling, from going the wrong way. We thank you for the help that you give us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.